Hey, good morning. Hey, Bob. <laughs> it's a great morning to be at Arbor Point, if you'll bow with me. Father, come at this time to bring the message. And as always, Lord, I pray that you would less, bring less of me and more of you, that, that the words that would be my voice, that it would be your message, and that it would be received in the place that it, it, it needs to be received by all of us. Uh, you're an awesome God, Lord, and we love you very much. Amen. Um, I, some of you may not know this. This week I got to um, go and judge doors um, uh, uh, down at uh, Jackson Elementary School. So what they did was, as part of Red Rib Ribbon Week, um, the, they, the class, classes decorated their doors for Halloween. And so I got to go down there and be a part of that. Um, Issa Martinez is the, the school counselor there, and, and something that she's starting, so she's been doing it for a while. She's feeding 120 uh, families, or, or that there's 120 families there in need that she puts bags together and, and sends out to them. And I sent out an email earlier this week, but I wanted to mention that. I, I forgot about doing this during the announcement time. We're connecting her with iServe so that she can work with iServe, um, but part of what she's doing as well, though, is that some of the kids help her pack the bags, so they're a part of the process. So um, if you check your emails from the Arbor Point email this week, you'll see the list of things. If not, I'll get that put together so that we'll have a copy of that and we'll have a place to collect those goods and then, and then deliver them to, to Issa so that she can uh, continue to expand. Her, her vision is that one day she hopes to have a food pantry and to be able to really impact the, the kids at Jackson Elementary. So, but it was quite a blessing to be able to, get to, to, to be there. It was on, on pajama day. And, uh, <laughs> And I was very jealous because we never had pajama day when I was in school. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Rick's like, praise God for no pajama days when you were in school. <laughs> but it was amazing. And, you know, it's just one of the things that's going on. And it came out of the cards. Remember the cards when that we put together and we sent out to support our, our local schools? Um, all of this is happening because because. We reached out to let them know that we truly, truly do want to be a partner with those in our community and impact lives, from young to old, all across the board. And, and that's who we are, and that's what we want to be about. And, and that is bearing fruit, in case you're wondering. So I, I didn't want to forget that, because that's a... So it was fun for me, but, but it's a cool thing that God's doing. Our passage today is out of the Gospel of Luke. We were in Luke last week. We're continuing in Luke this week. Um, it's chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. I, I just, this is intriguing to me because, you know, the Pharisees grumble because he's going to be with the sinners and the, and, and the sinners grumble because he's going to be with the worst sinners. It's kind of, Jesus can't win, can he? Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. It's our passage for today from the Word of God. 
So last week we were talking about a tax collector with a little bit of a different version. He was the one who was very humble while the Pharisee was very proud. Um, today we're talking about a chief tax collector, so it dawned on me that maybe we ought to talk about tax collectors a little bit. Who are these tax collectors and publicans? Um, well, they were usually fellow Jews, um, and they worked for Rome. So the Jewish people didn't like them very much because the people who were oppressing them, they were kind of traitors in a sense, and they went to work for them uh, as Romans. Now, Rome had very heavy taxes on the areas that they took over. That's how they funded all the stuff that they did, is that they would oppress the people and, and, and they tax them very, uh, a lot in order to, to supply the funding for what Rome was doing throughout the world. And on top of that, the tax collectors made their money by extorting even more money. So they made their money by taking more than even Rome wanted. So tax collectors were not popular people. And there were two, you know, two basic kinds of tax collectors, the, the low-level tax collectors like Matthew, uh, who, who became a disciple, who Jesus called to be a disciple. He was a, just a, kind of a regular tax collector. And then you had others like Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector. But these guys were treated as the worst of sinners. They were coupled with prostitutes and all of the, you know, you name the sin and they're going to be, you know, you're, you're a tax collector? Okay, well, that's, you're down here. And, and I may be a bad guy, but I'm up here. And then you got the Pharisees who think they're up here. And Jesus is all about turning it upside down, isn't he? You know, he's going to reach out to those who the world looks at and goes, ugh. And Jesus says, no, that's where I want to go. That's who I want to reach. So that's our man Zacchaeus. He's a cheap tax collector, but he's an extorter of his own people, and therefore he's very despised and looked down upon. You ever read something and, and it strikes you? You go, I wonder what? Why that happened? Well, that happens to happen for me with this. I wonder why he climbed a tree. I mean, other than he was really short. Um, but why did he climb the tree? It made me think about that. He was wealthy. He had a great place to live, obviously. Jesus, you know, he went to his home. But something drove him toward Jesus. He didn't need to see Jesus. He didn't need to climb the tree. But something moved him. Something was going on that made him want to reach out to Jesus. And we don't have any information really about Zacchaeus, the hearing about Jesus and it being something special. He said, oh, I want to go be with him. But there was something happening here that drew Zacchaeus towards Jesus. And it, drew, it was powerful enough that it drew him into a crowd that despised him, didn't love, didn't like him, you know, looked at Zacchaeus and, and just despised him. So it's not surprising that the crowd didn't let him through. It's kind of like when, when we drive down the freeway, right? And two lanes are going to become one lane. And you're in this lane on the left. And somebody tries to come around on the right. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me get as close as I can to the car in front of me because I ain't letting you in. <laughs> See, I caught some of you. <laughs> That's probably the crowd here, right? Zacchaeus is trying to get in to, to see Jesus and they're like, uh-uh. Shorty. Not going to let you through. So he's left with, what do I do? 
And then he sees this tree and decides to climb it, and his life is no longer the same. It's changed forever. But I didn't want to make light of this because Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. He's probably not a, not a real young guy. So it's easy to say, oh, well, he just hopped up and climbed the tree. This is a sycamore fig tree. Think about climbing up in that. I'd get scraped up, probably pick up a couple of bruises, trying to get up in there so that I could get to a place where I could see Jesus. It probably wasn't just, hey, let me just hop up in that tree and everything's going to be okay. It was probably a bit of a challenge for him to accomplish that. It took effort on his part. He had, to, he had to overcome those scrapes and those bruises as he got up to a place where he could see Jesus. And isn't that our life? Isn't that the way it is in our life? That we have challenges that we have to overcome and sometimes we have to climb into a place that's difficult to get to in order to get closer to Jesus who's calling us and drawing us near. He wants us to be closer to him. And I love that Jesus, in the midst of this crowd of people who are obviously adoring him, what does he say? Zacchaeus, come down! Is there another Zacchaeus? He surely can't be talking to me. Zacchaeus! I need to come over and eat at your place. Come down out of that tree. No, really, come on. See, he sees us where we are, right? I don't know the tree that you're in. I don't know what's going on exactly in all of your lives. I know some of you are, in, in, are struggling. But he sees you in that place. And he says, come down. Come to me. I've got something for you. So no matter what's going on in your life, please know that Jesus sees you in that place and he's calling you to come to him. It's how he's worked always. This week I was reading through and I, and I ran across, across quite a few testimonies and several of them struck me. This one, and, and, and I wanted to present a couple of them. One is from a person in Egypt who converted from Islam to Christianity, and it goes like this. He said, I'm Egyptian, and I graduated from the University of Cairo, and I decided to go to Jordan to look for work. One night, I was very sad and desperate. Anybody ever been very sad and desperate? I was feeling down and didn't know where to go. I was walking without any direction, and I saw a church building, and I heard them in the church building, and they were singing. And I went to the church building to see what was going on in that place. And then a short man got up in front of them and he began to speak. And he talked about Father. See, in our religion, we believe that Christians worship three gods. But a voice inside me kept pushing me to go and to, and to see what, was go, what, what, what this Father thing was about. I mean, how could this person call God a Father? It's the first time in my life I had heard that. The man read from a book. 
Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan would run after the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. Which is out of Luke 12. And he started to explain, saying that God our Father knows our sadness, our hurt feelings, and what we're going through. He's listening to us no matter where we are. And he said that we can talk with our Heavenly Father. Explain our problems to him and he'll answer us. And I felt that that person was talking directly to me. When I went home, every word stuck in my mind. I couldn't sleep and I found myself repeating, God the Father, please help me. God the Father, please help me. God the Father, please help me. The following week, I went back to that same church and I asked somebody to help me understand more about this Heavenly Father and the Bible. I became a follower of Jesus Christ, enjoying God's fatherhood. He was in a tree. He didn't know who God the Father was. And Jesus called to him and said, come. And he came, and his life was not the same again. An Egyptian man, not really even seeking God, he's walking down the street, but knowing something is wrong, Jesus sees him and says, come. Another one that I ran across is from somebody that I believe everybody in here probably knows. It's from a dinner a few years ago, a gentleman who was at this dinner, and Mark Richt gave his testimony there. He was speaking to about 900 men. He talked about some of his dreams. Uh, I, it was intriguing to me. I, I, you know, I, I know of Mark Rick. I don't know him, and I don't know his story. Then it was intriguing to me that during his quarterbacking days in college, he goes to the University of Miami, Miami to be the quarterback, and who shows up? Jim Kelly, who's now a Hall of Famer. So he gets drafted by the Denver Broncos, so he goes to play for the Broncos, and guess who the Broncos draft? John Elway. So he goes to the Dolphins to get away from John Elway. And you know who the Dolphins drafted? Dan Marino. <laughs> As Rick put it, he, he, he says, I guess God just wanted me to know what a good quarterback looks like. <laughs> and then he went to coach, after, after retiring from football, from pro football, he went to be a, a coach in high school, and his team went 0-10. So that didn't work out very well. So he went to work for an insurance agency, and at, on his first day of work, he goes to the place, and the police are there, and they're arresting the owner and putting him in the, in the car to haul him away. <laughs> so I guess at that point, Bobby Bowden called, and he went to Florida State to work on the Florida State coaching staff. And there was an incident at, at Florida State where a football player was murdered during a confrontation and it caused Coach Bowden to call a meeting. And in that meeting, Coach Bowden spoke to the players about Christ, about who Jesus was. And after that meeting, Bowden led Mark Richt to the Lord. See, I didn't know that Mark Richt wasn't always a Christian. Mark Richt wasn't. Coach Bowden led him to the Lord. And Coach Rick often speaks about how his goal is to be a role model for his players, right? 
not just to coach them on the field, but to bring that, to help them to become uh, the men that, that they can be, teach them principles and, and discipline, life lessons. As he put it, he wants them to be great fathers one day, to be great fathers. The impact of answering the call of Jesus for Mark Richt has positively impacted hundreds of young men personally that he knew that he's worked with and their families and thousands beyond that because of Bobby Bowden leading Mark Rick to the Lord. He was in a tree and Jesus said, come down. I've got something for you. And he answered that call and his life was never the same. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Zacchaeus was literally in a tree and answered that call. And his life, you can say it for me, his life was never the same. You know what happens when we answer the call of Jesus? Our life is never the same. Zacchaeus went from extorting to generosity to taking from taking to giving. His heart was changed. He realized that the things of this world were secondary to eternity. Now the irony of that is that it gave him eternity when he made that realization. Jesus loves to do that. He loves to turn things a little upside down for, from our from our worldly understanding and, 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 and go, if you'll do this differently, watch what I do. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. He too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and save the lost. Zacchaeus was lost, but he ended up found when he answered Jesus. So I really only have one point this morning. Regardless of what kind of tree you find yourself in, no matter what it looks like, feels like, the sense of it is, regardless of what kind of tree you find yourself in, Jesus is calling you. He's calling you. So what are you going to do about that? If you'll bow with me. Father, I, we come to you and, and we know that you are calling each of us and that you have a place for each of us to be together in ministry, to impact the world, to, to, to make a difference in lives. The harvest is plentiful, Lord. And you call us to participate in that harvest. 
So, Lord, I ask that you lay upon each of our hearts a burden. That burden being where it is that you are calling each of us to. For we are all different, but we are all your people. So, Lord, as we close with music, open our minds, our hearts, and our very souls to that which you would have us to be in our lives and in this place. Amen. <laughs>